Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, episode 21. I have a fantastic guest in the studio with me today. It's everyone's favorite topic, especially if you own your own business. And we're going to be talking about marketing and front of mind awareness and how to make sure the people in your community know about your business. This is so important. So many entrepreneurs listen to our show and they know that they cannot grow their business if they aren't constantly continually in front of the public within their community and that is the biggest challenge of business owners because it's expensive to advertise it's expensive to try to create new customers all the time but if we don't we will shrink or we will not grow we will not move forward we won't dominate our competition so I'm excited to have Wendy Lesage of Your New Neighborhood in studio with us today. Wendy is an expert at introducing local businesses to new homeowners in the community. Wendy, thanks so much for being a guest on my show today. Thank you for having me, Debbie. I'm excited. Well, you know, this is a topic that I really get excited to talk about, and that's marketing and exposure. And so many businesses struggle with exposing their business to the community and staying in front of that community. And I was reminded years ago when uh, I hired a new employee to work in my office of how fleeting advertising can be at that time and it's probably been 10 years ago that I I hired someone to do some bookkeeping and accounting and just do uh, office work for me some accounts payables and receivables and figure payroll and so forth and she had lived in the community that I serve which is Highland Village for probably eight years and so she's she was very connected in the community her kids were involved in the high school. And I, I, after I hired her, she said, you know, I've never heard of Buckets and Bows Maid Service before. I almost fell on the floor because I spend thousands of dollars every month, thousands, not hundreds, thousands of dollars every single month to market my business. And I thought my marketing was very saturated. I thought, well, everyone's heard of Buckets and Bows Maid Service. And and that was my mindset. And here I met someone that lived, and I asked her, I said, did you just move to the area? And she said, no, I've lived here about eight years. And again, I almost fell on the floor. And I'm thinking, how have have I missed this resident who lives in the heart of the community that I serve? And how is it she's never seen my ads? She's never heard of my advertising. She's never seen my marketing. I thought it was thoroughly saturated. That was a wake-up call for me. That day I realized that my marketing was very specific. I did a lot of print advertising. I did a lot of marketing in magazines, newspaper publications, flyers, postcards, and social media. But guess what? 
there's a whole lot of people out there that don't necessarily open up the envelope that arrives in the mail filled with coupons. There's a lot of people that maybe toss those magazines in the trash because they don't have time to open them. Where are those people? Where are they looking? What are they reading? And it was at that time that I realized I, if I want to get in front of everybody in my demographic audience, I need to diversify my advertising. I can't just stick to one or two or five or six sources. I need to find every source I can to get in front of people. And so when I met Wendy Lesage a few years ago, I knew that she had a business that my business could use. And she shares some statistics with me that I think are very important for business owners to know. And uh, what she shared is one in five people move every year. That's 20% of the United States population is moving it's like, you know, I never thought of it that way, but that's a lot of people changing addresses, moving in and out of your community. 43 million Americans move every single year. That's a lot of people packing up and moving. Sometimes it's moving across town. Sometimes it's moving into your town. 50% of all moves take place between Memorial Day and Labor Day. That's a lot of new people right there into your community. Are you getting their attention? Do they know your business even exists? 11 is the number of times the average American moves during their lifetime. Not two or three times, 11 times. Two years is the time it takes a mover to feel settled in. I guess that's the, I never knew that, but that's the time I guess they don't quite feel like a stranger anymore in a community. They begin to feel settled in within two years. Are you exposing your business to them during that period of time? And then six months is the average time necessary to become familiar with your surroundings. So the reason why I invited our guest, our, our expert at exposing businesses to new members of the community, the reason why I asked her to come and talk to us today is there is a huge marketing niche that so many business owners are not tapping into. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her business exposes your business to people in the community. So first, Wendy, I have to ask you, how did you get started in your own business? And tell me a little bit about what your business actually does. Well, great question. It's kind of a funny little story. I actually worked at Chambers of Commerce. I loved it. I loved working with the membership, promoting them, growing their business. Um, and while I was there, I actually met one of the affiliates, Rhonda, which is actually in the Alliance Keller area. And I was intrigued about the business. So I was like, okay, let's sit down, let's visit and find out more about this. Um, so, you know, I never thought about actually going into business for myself, but I looked at the business model discovered more about how I liked it so after long tops with my husband I took the leap in January 2012 and I haven't looked back so um, you had I, one of those entrepreneurial seizures as I, Michael Gerber talks about <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Yep. yeah so I was very excited so I feel like I have my own little chamber of commerce of partners that I recommend and so I can take care of them and help grow their business and promote them at the door of the new homeowners so but you're not a chamber of commerce so what no. exactly is your business well, actually, what we do is we actually 
go to the front door of these new homeowners that are moving into the area. So we want to help them get acquainted in their community. We want to say, hey, this is your local dentist that you go see. This is a pediatrician. This is a veterinarian. We want... This is the maid service. The maid service, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Buckets and bows, exactly. So we want them to know this is the best. We visited with them. We know them. We do business with them. If we can't do business with them, we would certainly send, you know, our mother to them. So, um, and they appreciate that, you know, because they're new to the area. They have no clue where to go. And so just being at their front door and giving them gifts and giving them a guide that has everything listed in there, even parks, school district, post office, everything that they may need is right at their fingertips. So tell me about the gifts that you give, because I know I'm in your portfolio. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, Everybody is usually different on their gifts. Um, It ranges. The dentist will give like a toothbrush. Beckett's and Bows does like the little cleaning towel and I love the little bucket that's attached to it it's like perfect so um, you have like frisbees any kind of little giveaway promo item the perfect thing is any kind of kitchen item is perfect like the measuring spoons the cutting boards jar openers those are ideal so because it's got your logo on it it has your website or your phone number on it and they're going to keep it exactly and you want them to hold on to that exactly it needs use you know i love the concept of my business being exposed first by a person who's friendly not not just you know a postcard in the mail but a true face-to-face introduction to that new homeowner that that new person in the community i love the idea that they're going to hear about buckets and bows maid service before they open up all those ads where i have to compete with every other maid service and all of their coupons I like the idea that I'm getting in first. I'm getting in their door first. Exactly. Before the competitors. Exactly. And, you know, obviously I still have to advertise so I can remind them that I'm still out there. But just being exposed first to my business, I think that's very powerful. And I think giving them a gift makes my business more memorable. So before we go to our break, can you tell me what were some of the challenges early on that you faced? Well, this is interesting because the area that I service is the Flower Mound Highland Village area. Great area, a lot of people moving in, still a lot of growth. And it was doing so well, I decided, oh, let's open up another franchise area. Well, of course, it doesn't go as smoothly. As you Nothing know, ever you does. To, no, you have to do your research. You have to check the demographics in your area and make sure it makes sense for your business. And I know we will get on to that. So you learn later. the hard way. Don't expand too quickly. Just exactly. focus on your market and your customers early on. So when we come back after the break, we will talk about how you focus on your customers, how we help businesses succeed or how your businesses help them succeed. It was early morning yesterday. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and and on the web at DebbieSardone.com. But I must be moving on. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. In small towns and big cities around the world, Habitat for Humanity volunteers gather. Hammers are raised, bricks are laid, 
and another family finds shelter in a home they help build. Habitat volunteers are changing lives for the better, and in the process, maybe even their own as well. Support the work in your community or wherever your heart leads you. Volunteer, get involved, and help build it. Visit us at Habitat.org. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Debbie Sardone. I'm your host on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And we are talking about marketing today to the newest members of your community. And we have Wendy Lesage of Your New Neighborhood. And she is an expert at introducing local businesses to new homeowners in the community. And in the first segment, we were talking a little bit about getting your foot in the door when people move into your community and being the first business that they're introduced to before they start seeing all the other marketing and the coupons from your competitors and comparing you with everybody else. And I do think that's so important to get your foot in the door first, get your business foot in the door of your community and of the the people that just arrived in your community and really don't know where to turn. And I have to ask you, Wendy, why is it important for a business to target specific markets of consumers? Why is that important? Number one thing, demographics. I mean, it's part of the research that you need to do before you get into the marketing aspect because you want to know what are you, who are you targeting? Are you targeting age, range, um, gender, family size, income, lifestyles? I mean, who are you targeting? So as soon as you have that wrapped up, then you know then you can move on to um your budget and try to figure out you know what you want to do how much do you want to spend promotional items you know ads billboards radio shows all that kind of good stuff so um it's kind of like the financial advisors for example they need to obviously people need to have money to invest so they should they should be marketing to homeowners not renters so that's why you have to narrow that down so so knowing your target audience is huge and there are so many business owners that i ask as you know i do business consulting and i will ask business owners and it doesn't really matter what industry they're in but maid services is one of those industries where the owners don't seem clear on their targeted audience they don't really know what are the buying habits what are the financial demographics of their targeted audience? And I've known for years that my targeted audience is not necessarily people with big, gigantic homes. It's not necessarily people with a financial lifestyle where the mom can stay home, have that, that luxury of being able to stay home. I have learned over the years my ideal targeted audience is that busy two-parent family home where both are working. They both are working long hours, and their home isn't necessarily gigantic, but it's a little too big for everybody to handle when all they have is the weekends to spend with family. And they've got pets and children, and housework is hard. And so understanding your demographics, and I, I know you help with that. You, you help with the statistics and the numbers in the community that you are helping them with their marketing in. Yes, it, it helps that I actually go to the front door so I can find out a little bit about them and help them. And you're a busy mom. You need house cleaning. So exactly. running around chasing kids all day. So. Exactly. And I think that's phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's like having your own personal spokesperson. You know, when you talk about your own business, 
everybody expects you to say you're the best, you're number one, you should use us. But when somebody else talks about your business, you receive instant credibility. And when someone is greeting the new homeowner in the community at the door with a, a bag of goodies and, and giveaways and, and promotional discounts, it does lend credibility because it's somebody else bragging about my business. So I think that's a fabulous strategy. Now, can people place just one ad in a publication and expect to get some kind of results from that? What is your opinion about people who say, well, I'm going to spend $500 on this ad? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, you just can't put a one-time shop marketing piece and expect to get immediate response or even you know some response or any response at all. Uh, you have to have a marketing strategy that reaches the target market over and over again. Um, usually the general rule is to be in front of your prospect for seven times. So then they get to know you. Um, this is interesting statistics that I have is that um, 2% of sales are made on that first contact. Wow. So you, ha I mean, it's obvious you have to stay in front of them. And, you know, 3% are made on the third, second contact. 5% are made on the third contact. So, I mean, if you do 80%, 80% of sales are made on that fifth to 12 contact. So that's just proof right there. You just can't expect to place an ad out there and expect it to work overnight. It just doesn't happen. Those are incredible statistics and a lot of people are not sharing those numbers. And this is probably the number one reason why businesses drop out of marketing altogether or they're very skimpy on their marketing because they put one ad out there. They spend five, six, $900 on an ad and they get frustrated, oh, I didn't get a single phone call, and they throw in the towel with that ad. And then they go and switch to a different ad. And then that doesn't work so great, and they go and switch to a different ad. And my belief, and, and what I've seen succeed in business, is repetition. Exactly. Time and repetition. People need to be exposed to your business over and over again. And those statistics support that, that, my goodness, when 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact, those people that try three times and give up, they just diminish the opportunity of results because they didn't go one more time. I know. We have to be patient. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it's kind of a slow boil when it comes to marketing because we all know people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And if they don't know you because they never see your ads, how can they like you? How can they trust you? Exactly. So why should businesses not put all their eggs in one marketing basket per se you know I talk to cleaning business owners all over the world and one of the things they'll ask me is Debbie what is the number one best marketing source that I can do because they're looking for one magic bullet and that's really putting all their eggs in one basket why should people not do that you have to spread out your marketing dollars. Um, of course, they have to see you several times just to be able to say, hey, I remember seeing them somewhere. So you don't want to throw all your money in one pot. One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not towards the big newspaper ad, TV commercial, live radio spot. You know, sure. you have to spread it out. Then you're going to have to track. You have to know what's going to work for you. If you just kind of like what you said a while ago, if someone places an ad out there, they don't get something. So they move on to something else. Well, you don't know that one advertisement probably could have worked if you would have stayed with it. Exactly. So, Repetition. Yeah. You have to just spread it out budget wisely. Give it a good year or so and see what works and track and make sure you ask the right questions so you know where 
your marketing dollars are working the best. And you know, what I have found over the years, and, and this is just something I've observed in my own business, is oftentimes when you do like you just said, spread it around, spread your marketing around. I'm advertising in the local welcome service that you provide, the, the new neighborhood service. And I'm advertising in print and I'm advertising on social media. And I've got door hangers and postcards and I'm doing all of those things. I'm spreading it around like you said. Oftentimes, those individual sources don't get credit for it. When the homeowner calls and says, mm -hmm. oh, I saw your ad in XYZ publication, it could be that they first was introduced to my company through my giveaway in your new neighborhood welcome gift bag, and they remembered it. Then they opened the magazine, and they saw the coupon, and guess what gets credit? The magazine. Or... They received my giveaway from your company. They saw the coupon in a magazine. And then later when they got to work, they were like, now that company, let me Google them. So they Google them and they call. And guess what they say? When we ask, how'd you hear about us? Oh, I found you on Google. And the reality is they were exposed to my company through all these different sources. And maybe one source will get the credit, but generally it's all three or four or five or six or seven sources that cause them to make the decision to call me instead of someone else. So I, I'm a firm believer in spread that marketing around. Don't try to put all your eggs in one basket because then you won't reach those people like the bookkeeper that I hired who never saw my ads. You won't right. reach their, a certain group of people. And, you know, a thought on that, too, is that if you are doing offers, maybe do your welcome service, do a different type of offer, print another different type of offer, you know, just different offers that can tie it back to easier tracking. Exactly. Excellent. Tracking it. Exactly. Something Thank they'll you. remember. Right. Exactly. And, you know, it is a little more memorable when someone says, oh, I have your your Frisbee that mm -hmm. I was given at the door when I first moved in and they're going to remember those things. So how many contacts does it take for a business to finally make a sale? So we're, we're spreading around this marketing. We're introducing our business to all those new people into the community. But how many contacts can we expect? Are there some statistics I have a feeling you can share? <laughs> oh, yes, of course, <laughs> Debbie. Um, of course, follow up is the key. I mean, even though no matter where you put your marketing dollars, you have to stay in front of them. 48% um, of salespeople never follow up with their prospects. Oh, that's shameful. Yes, that's not good at all. So you want to have something in place. I mean, with your new neighborhood, what we do is we provide a welcome letter. We provide postcards. We want you to stay in front of them after we've greeted them at their door. We, we don't want them to forget about you. They're busy. They just moved. They're still unpacking. They so you make it easy for the, for the business owner. Oh, exactly. Because business owners get overwhelmed, and they fully intend to follow up, mm -hmm. and then they fall into that 48% where they don't follow up. Why? Because they're running a business. They're chasing the next new prospect instead of following up with the prospect that they've already paid for, and you make it easy by giving them postcards and all those tools. Exactly. What are some other statistics you can share before we go to the break? Well, we've got 25% of salespeople make a second contact and then they just stop. That's it. And as we said, seven times is usually the golden rule right there. So they commit to following up and then they stop. Yes, exactly. So we want to help them as much as we possibly can and stay in front of them. So 
one good one, 12% of salespeople only make three contacts and stop, and only 10% of the businesses make more than three contacts. Wow. So what's really good news is while your competitor is kind of fizzling at the door, and your competitor is making an effort and then dropping the ball, as business owners, if we use a service like yours, welcoming people at the door, we have tools to continue that follow-up and to improve our percentages and hopefully be one of those ones that makes that sale, which is what we're all looking for. So if you'll stay over after the break, we will continue this discussion about marketing and introducing your business to local members of the community. It was early morning yesterday if you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. Hi, I'm Sam Jackson. Cancer will strike more than 175,000 kids worldwide this year alone. This includes infants, children, teens, and young adults. The likelihood that teens and young adults will survive cancer is far greater when treated by pediatric oncologists. Survival can depend on treatment from experts in childhood cancer and a commitment to collaborative groundbreaking research. To learn more, go to stbaldrix.org or standuptocancer.org. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are talking today with Wendy Lesage of Your New Neighborhood, and she is an expert at introducing local businesses to new homeowners in the community. Now, we've been talking about marketing, front of mind awareness, and exposing new customers to our businesses. As entrepreneurs, we have to stay in front of the new members of our community so that they find us first and we have a little bit of a competitive advantage and in the last segment we were talking about how business owners begin to drop the ball on follow-up you know we've all been guilty of this of chasing after a brand new prospect we spend all this money on marketing and then before we do follow up on a regular basis, we move on and start chasing the next prospect. And Wendy shared some statistics with us that really, if that doesn't wake you up and make you realize that there has to be a better strategy than constantly chasing new customers, but maybe spending more time following up with the ones we've already spent money to attract or at least get on our radar, maybe capture their email or get them to like our Facebook page, We've got to follow up. So, Wendy, thanks so much for staying over after the break. And let's continue this discussion. What type of follow-up do you suggest for those of us that are very busy business owners? Well, what we practice at Your New Neighborhood is a marketing campaign called Lead Nurturing 313. Um, your campaign has to be personal. Three touches in a row. Whether that's monthly email, direct mail piece, it should contain a personal message from you not nothing that you're marketing or trying to sell 
no logo. It should be a view, a picture of you, maybe your family just talking about, you know, hey, this is what we did over the summer. Hope your summer was great, that kind of thing. You want it personal. On that fourth message, after you've sent out three, that should be your marketing message. Your offer, a reminder of your referral reward program, whatever you have in place. That is your fourth touch. That you can include your logo, your company information, business card, incentive offer, whatever you want to do. And then just repeat it, the process. So by the end of the year, they've received nine personal cards, letters, emails from you, and then three strong marketing offers. You know, that's brilliant. I love what you just said, and I love the way you break it down and make it simple for us. 313. And... You know, honestly, I've been teaching marketing for years, and I had not quite put that together like I did today when you just said that, that the first three times that they hear from you during your follow-up shouldn't be you trying to sell them anything. Because how many of us really don't like it when we meet a new person and all they want to do is sell us cosmetics or sell us insurance? And it's like, I don't even know you. I don't even have a relationship with you. Instead, think about a new strategy. Send them a letter talk about the summer talk about the community talk about your charitable work talk about your family introduce them but ask them for nothing don't say hey buy from me just say hey welcome to the community and you know what i am going to take your advice and i am going to create a really warm welcoming letter from the business owner who's owned buckets and bows maid service for over 35 years and i can introduce them to my family I am a nana, (laughs) not a grandma. I am a nana, and my husband's a retired police officer. And there are things that new members of the community are interested in learning about a business before they do business with them. So I think that's brilliant advice. I love that strategy, especially the making it simple, 313. Help them get to know you first. So talk a little bit more about what causes a person to maybe try your business? Because you said, okay, on that fourth letter or introduction, that fourth follow-up, is when you can say, here's a coupon or here's my business card, call me, buy from me in a nice, subtle way. Why? How does all that work? Well, after those first three touches that you've done, like the great welcome letter telling them about you, they're starting to get to know you. So after three times, I mean, I was thinking about your buckets and bows. Definitely let them know about cleaning for a reason. That's a great nonprofit. It would it raises awareness with the new homeowners, so they know. So I mean, it's and it's not a great indirect way for me to say without asking them to buy anything. Hey, if you have a friend, a neighbor, a relative in our community that's battling cancer, please let them know I'm here to help, completely free of charge. I'm not selling them anything. Exactly. It's like perfect. It's. You have the perfect situation with both of those businesses. So um, one thing that I want to stress is that, you know, sending out an e-newsletter on a semi-regular basis or randomly calling them every six weeks, trying to see if they're ready to buy, blasting your entire um, database with a new case study or something, you that's not lead nurturing you don't know what stage they're in if they're ready to buy or not so them building that process of getting to know you will establish that next factor of liking you and then they go on to trust you so which is what we want to do when we're at the front door we want to make sure these are businesses we know like and trust and people are not going to hire you if they don't trust you oh yes and it's hard to trust a business who's a stranger 
I'm new to this community. And you know, those of us like me, a mature business, you think, oh, well, everyone's heard of me. Everyone's read about us in the paper. Everyone's seen us on TV. No, they haven't. They may have just moved to the community. Your service is welcoming them to the community. I'm a stranger. My, it doesn't matter that I've been in business for 35 years. It doesn't matter that we've helped hundreds of women receive free cleaning. They don't know that. We have to introduce who we are, what we're about, before we start asking them to hire us. Exactly. So yes. the know, like, yeah. and trust factor is really important. And a welcome service that welcomes new people to the community makes it easier to turn your business from being a stranger to them to being a company that they know, like, and trust. Right, exactly. I mean, I know I've um, requested information. Actually, it was a fireplace sweeper. You know, reached out to them, never heard from them again. And that was just, it wasn't word of mouth. It, I mean, I just kind of went with it, thought they'd call me back, and of course they never did. So, like I said, you don't know what stage of life anybody's in. So, some people forget, not immediately making a purchase. They're shopping around, procrastinating. We all get busy. So, it's just that developing that follow-up and getting to know and like and trust you that then they can, you know, then follow through with you. a sale. Exactly. And, you know, you bring up a good point. We don't know what stage people are in. And you can't go to people with your handout asking for a sale until you know they want something. And if you just introduce them to your business and what you're about, what your values are, how you serve the community, how you make a difference in other people's lives and and what you as the business owner what you're all about you don't ever have to ask for a sale because then when they have a need they're going to remember your business more because they know you than just because you advertised in front of them so I think that's right. a great a, a great point to make and I do love the whole 313 so what about email marketing because I know a lot of people out there trying to do free marketing we, we think oh I can market my business without ever spending money I have all these email addresses is email marketing the best way what are your thoughts on email marketing I think it's a great tool but it should not be used exclusively I mean it's a free tool definitely use it but don't always rely on it. And a lot of people do. Um, the objective of email marketing is relationship building, not spamming. And a lot of times it'll go to spam. So then you're thinking, oh, I'm not seeing a follow-up. Well, chances are it went to spam. They just deleted it. So you just cannot rely on that solely. Um, the campaigns are great, but it's not about throwing something together to see results because that's just not going to happen. You have to take the time. The language of your email needs to come across as professional but friendly. You want your customers to trust what you're saying as well to generate that warm feeling towards your brand. Above all, don't be a spammer. I know I get plenty of spam. Well, you know, you mentioned something that's very important, professional yet friendly. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people are professional and salesy in their emails. They are selling, selling, selling. And we catch ourselves doing that sometimes too at our company. And, you know, I have to uh, remind our staff that every email our customers get should not be asking for something. They should receive emails from us that are friendly, like you said. Talk about the new restaurant that opened. Talk about, you know, the new mayor that maybe won the election. Talk about charity. Talk about contests going on in the community. But don't just try to sell, sell, sell. 
in those emails. We even like to do free giveaways. No purchase necessary. If you read this email and you're the third person to ask, you will get and we'll give away a gift card to a local restaurant or a massage because we don't want our customers to think the only time they need to open our email is if they are looking to buy something. Otherwise, they'll delete the emails the rest of the time if they're not looking to buy. So I like that you're saying, make sure your emails are friendly, obviously right. professional, but friendly. And a it's great important. tip is maybe add a recipe or something to the email. Exactly. You know, something to get them to read that. And you know, you want it not all about you. Exactly. It should not be all about you because you know what? Everybody listens to the same radio station. What is it? W... Uh, at, let's see, what's in it for them, W, I can't ever remember those initials, but <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, forget it. I won't even try. But <laughs> everyone is listening to that same radio station in their head is what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. And when you give them a recipe or you give them a, a funny story or a cute cartoon and, um, and you elevate other people in the community, you talk about other businesses and you promote other great resources for them they feel like you're not just self-serving, but when they open your emails, it is filled with content that actually has value to them, even if they're not looking to buy anything today. And so we can all learn from creating emails or newsletters, even if you print them and leave them, by remembering the principle of being professional and friendly. So after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about marketing strategy and budget. And let's see if we can help business owners stay on track with growing their business. It was early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. You're listening to RNCN the number one source for premium talk radio. We're asking folks about marriage. Marriage makes me think of sports. You know, teamwork, dedication. Okay, let's see what people say. Let's say your marriage is a sport. What sport would it be? Basketball. Surfing. You have to be a team sport. A lot of back and forth. A lot of people watching. So how many people are influenced by your marriage? Hundreds. You really think about the ripple effect. It's like a wave. (laughs) (laughs) Want to improve your marriage? For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org and message from the Catholic Church. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, and we are talking about marketing, and we're with Wendy Lesage of Your New Neighborhood. She's an expert in introducing local businesses to new homeowners into the community. And we have been having a great discussion about marketing and creating a business that local new homeowners will be able to know, like, and trust. And of course, she shared with us some interesting statistics and information about following up, which many of us are guilty of not really doing a good job of. And so, Wendy, before we conclude this last segment, 
I want to pick your brain a little bit about the advice that you would give to new business startups. And it doesn't really matter what field it is, but what advice would you give to those new businesses who really aren't known and, and they need customers? What, what advice would you give? Definitely network, um, but don't over-network. I know I've done that before, and I did regret that. So I would definitely get involved with your local chamber of commerce. It's a great way to get in front of a lot of people, look into sponsoring chamber events. That's like your best right there. And then find a networking group that's going to work for your business. Some of them, you develop great relationships, and that's great. But you need to make sure the referral and the leads are there for you. So don't over-network yourself for sure. So make sure it's not a waste of time because you can go to some networking groups for a period of months and discover there's not a lot of activity. Maybe there's not a lot of loyalty. And there's definitely no referrals coming your way. There's nothing coming from the group. And at that point, you're really wasting time. So you have to evaluate the networking group. You do, and I would I would do that on a yearly basis, just kind of see how it's working for you because you want to give it enough time, but then you don't want to waste your time either. Exactly. So. so you give it several months, a year is a good amount of time. And then you also, I know for myself, networking is not about sitting there and asking people for their business. It's not about sitting there and asking them for their referrals. It's about networking. It's about connecting with those other business owners. And I have found when I meet with other business owners and I have time to talk to them about their business and I approach that meeting not from a standpoint of what can you do for me, what can you do for me, but I approach that meeting with how can I help you? How can I help you grow your business? How can I help you be successful? Instead of that me, 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 me. Right. (laughs) You know, the favorite song everybody likes to sing, me, 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 me. If you meet with people and you find out their needs and their wants and how your business can help them, well, it's that reciprocity marketing and what I would call reciprocity networking. You find that people want to help you in your business. So don't give up too soon, but don't waste too much time in a networking environment that is not productive. Exactly. Yeah. Because you need to be seen. You need to be in front of people. So, well... It's hard to differentiate a business, especially a new business, but even seasoned businesses who are very fearful of their competition. And it's it's so hard to differentiate your business in the minds of customers and prospects who maybe haven't used you yet. How do you help businesses stand out? What does a business need to do to stand out and be different? Well, in my business, when I first started, I would do partner appreciation luncheons. And I was only inviting my customers at that time, feed them lunch, all that kind of good stuff, which is great. I mean, it was a great way to say thank you for your business. I appreciate you. But over the past year, um, I've developed so many relationships. And I was like, even though I go to a networking group with them, why not invite them to this? It's just going to introduce new businesses to other people that might not be able to get out to network. So I changed it up. I invite speakers, all kind of ideas, people, promo people, just to kind of help everyone grow their business. So I think at the beginning of the year, we had about over 30 businesses attend one of our luncheons, and it was phenomenal. I just loved it. So So it's that reciprocity mindset. Instead of the, you know, a lot of business owners will get kind of a scarcity mindset of, well, it's just going to be this group or this small group. 
you've opened up your mind to more, let me thank other businesses in the community. Maybe they're not my customer yet, but maybe they'll come to this meeting and find out why they ought to be, why they should be a part of my marketing program. And you open that up and you welcome and thank your partners into your your networking lunch and your thank you lunches. And I'm excited because I get to speak at, at one in August. So you know, there's an opportunity for for me to talk about my business and expose my business on another level to additional business owners. And people will see, hey, there's another successful business in the community who does a lot of marketing. And if she thinks this is a, a great place to market her business, then maybe I should be reconsidering. So it really is a win-win for everybody. Exactly. And they get lunch out of it. Exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't like a free lunch? We all do. <laughs> they say there are no free lunches, but the reality is if they come to your event, there will be. Yes. I will feed you and make you happy. <laughs> that sounds good. And if you bring them a good speaker that helps elevate their business, they leave with something and that helps them know, like, and trust your business. Exactly. And I want them to take away something to help them in their business as well exactly because you never know when they're ready to buy Mm -hmm. but when they are you want them to remember to call you so tell me a little bit about how you use technology to grow your business because i know you use some technology what are you using that that helps you in business well we are in our cars all the time I am constantly going on appointments, networking groups, meeting people, greeting new homeowners. I'm talking about hundreds. So the easiest software that I just love, and I have to recommend it, I should actually, you know, get some kind of kickback on there, (laughs) is my route online. It will actually, you can plug in addresses, upload a spreadsheet, be good to go. It carries over to your phone. It'll send you an email, and it tracks out your whole day, and it's just awesome. I just love it. So So it's my route online.com how fantastic so if any of you people out there are always in your car driving all day long check into that software the mobile office that's that's (laughs) what so many businesses have their off their their car is their office right so that sounds like a great tool i'm definitely going to check that out so i know you're busy because i see you at all the networking events and i know you're building your business and you have a family and you have a life what is your best tip for time management for all of those busy entrepreneurs <laughs> out there? Well, let me tell you, I've been with them in the same boat. So after years of business, my time management is actually better. I, If I can just say no to some of the projects that I keep taking on, that'll be better. But I'm still working on that. But I make sure to block time on my calendar for my office time, for family time, anything. I mean, that's I need to take care of me and my family first. So I make sure I block that time on my calendar. So you block time on your calendar and that Mm -hmm. forces you not to book appointments during times that you're committed to family or focusing on sales in your own business or whatever. Exactly. That's fantastic. You know, for years I've blocked off this mysterious appointment that my assistants don't necessarily know what it is, but I'm unavailable to a certain period of time every single morning, and that's for my Zumba class. There you go. And people don't know about it, and no one needs to know that that's why I'm not available for a meeting at 9.30 in the morning. But if I don't put it on my calendar, then everybody else's emergencies and everybody else's urgencies and their need for a meeting will squeeze out my time to work out and try to stay fit and healthy. And uh, so I'm, I'm a big believer in blocking off time. If it's a priority, 
on your calendar. So it could be time with your spouse. It could be time for yourself or time to actually focus on building your business and calling your prospects or whatever you need to do. So I'm sure there have been many influential people in your life as an entrepreneur, but who would you say has been the single most influential person in your business and success and why? You know, that's a very hard question to answer because there are so many you know, my parents, of course, my son, my husband, everyone. But um, the one thing that I really love the most is how all of us welcome letter, welcome ladies get together. We're a great group of ladies. We get together. We encourage everyone. We lift everyone up. We actually do quarterly retreats. So we all get together. And it's not just professionally, but also personally. So we kind of get to know each other. I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, this last month i think we all went shopping and wow. wineries but then we discussed business of course but you know it's 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 fun a good bonding business. time exactly yeah that is so smart and we share so ideas and we can learn how to help each other grow quarterly so. retreats i just love the idea of quarterly retreats and really focusing on your business but also having some fun because you really get re-energized and you know yes. I, I teach business owners this all over the country that if you don't have a time where you set aside you're not actually doing the business but you are staying strategic and that's what you're doing once a quarter that is so important because a lot of people only do that once a year and it's probably not enough. We have to stay strategic. We need to hear other people's ideas, their pain, their solution, and then bring something to the table to help them because they're going to help you. What a great way to build your business. Yes. So thank you so much, Wendy Lesage of Your New Neighborhood. And thank you for being our expert today and talking about marketing and growing in business and helping entrepreneurs all around the country who listen to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Thank you, Debbie.